Welcome to Safe Dividend Investing. My name is Ian Duncan McDonald. I'm author of Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing, which is available as both an ebook and as a print book from Amazon.com. Tonight, we return to reading from my book, Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing. I'll start with Chapter 8, Verifying Your Stocks. It's a short chapter, so I'll also go into Chapter 9. Chapter 8, Verifying Your Stocks. You have sifted through all the stocks and have identified the first one to add to your investment portfolio. You're sure it is the best of the best. Would it not be embarrassing to learn after you had bought the stock that critical information existed, that questioned the company's ongoing existence. The Google search engine is one of the most useful research tools. It takes just a few minutes to make sure that no critical information exists that would stop you from buying a stock. Using IPL, as it is known on the Toronto Stock Exchange, or IPPLF, as it is known on the New York Stock Exchange. Interpipeline, as an example, let us search in Google. Put Interpipeline Limited in the Google search pane. You are immediately linked to hundreds of websites. The one at the top of the page is IPL's own website, www.interpipeline.com. It contains all the useful information you expect to find in a website of a public company. Officers and directors of the company, detailed information on its finances, news releases, and so on. You're unlikely to find any negative information about IPL in this website. The website is designed to sell you on investing in IPL and to sell bankers on lending IPL money. The Wikipedia website reveals information not disclosed in the IPL website. For example, IPL owns storage terminals in the United Kingdom, Germany, Sweden, Denmark, and the Netherlands. This could be a positive sign that IPL had diversified beyond being the main pipeline for Alberta's oil sand operation. It might also raise questions as to what what might happen if Britain leaves the common market. Will Brexit create a recession and a lasting use of petroleum products? You'll also learn that IPL's customers include oil industry leaders like Encana, Shell Oil, Chevron, and Imperial Oil. Major financial information websites also report on IPL. Bloomberg at www.bloomberg.com The Globe and Mail, www.globeandmail.com slash investing slash markets slash stocks IPL These two repeat much of the same information you can find in the IPL website. Yahoo Finance https colon slash backslash ca 
www.finance.yahoo.com does an outstanding job with their graphic displays. Their analysts expect to see IPL rise to $25.50 a share. They also automatically link you to the simple Wall Street website where you learn that insiders own less than 1% of the shares. This is thought to be unusual by the analyst. He appears like companies where employees and officers hold a significant percentage of their company's shares. Employees who have vested interest in a company's success would work harder to protect their investment. If the company were to fail or stop paying dividends, the employees would suffer financially. He also noted that institutional investors own 26% of IPL shares. The institutional investor analysts responsible for investing millions of dollars in IPL would have access to information which may not be available to the public. This gives some reassurance that the stock is a good investment. The Yahoo site also contained a link to the Motley Fool website. That site reported positive news that IPL had increased their dividend payout for the 10th straight year and expected a revenue increase of $450 million when IPL's $3.5 billion Heartland Petrochemical Complex opens in a few years. Not everyone is positive about IPL. You find the naysayers by doing another search, but this time you enter complaints, enter pipeline. This brings up https colon backslash backslash stockchase.com. Note, putting complaints into any Google company search will often bring up the dark side of most companies, not just those you are considering buying shares in. Before spending hundreds of dollars, you can often benefit from doing complaints searches. It has saved me from making purchases I would have regretted. Stock Chase links you to hundreds of comments about IPL by ordinary investors and professional analysts. One investor commented that if IPL goes into a, a recession and oil prices fall, it will threaten the dividend. Another comments that IPL is struggling with storage capacity in its European operation. Whether this is true and important in making your buying decision is hard to determine. A third wonders if IPL is earning only $1.54 per share, how can it be paying out $1.71 per share? Another sees a 35% upside on the stock price and recommends buying the stock at $18 per share. It would be a very rare case where every investor agreed in which direction the share price was heading. For every seller of a stock who thinks the stock price has plateaued, there has to be a buyer who thinks the stock price will go higher. If the buyer and seller did not exist, there would be no trading of stocks. It all comes down to you making an informed decision.
An investment decision is a commercial risk decision. No stock purchase is without risk. However, if you do buy something, then you will never realize a dividend payment, nor will you ever realize a capital gain. No one can consistently and accurately predict the future, except that occasionally some stocks you buy may never realize the potential you thought they had. More often, because of the care you have taken in choosing your stocks, you will become richer. Having 20 well-chosen stocks in your portfolio instead of two or three will ensure that you realize your expected dividend income and capital gain. As a value investor, the losses and gains that a public company experiences today are fleeting when you plan on owning the stock for decades. Every public company has employees dedicated to seeing their company succeed. They are working for you too. Companies are not inanimate blocks of wood. They are living entities constantly trying to adjust to new challenges. A serious setback can inspire employees to work harder, to overcome the challenges. Companies can experience a sudden loss in their share price, change direction, and rise from the ashes to greater success. Put as much thought and research into a stock before selling it as you made in buying it. Do not be impulsive. Chapter 9. Buying Your Stocks When the overall share prices are down is the best time to buy stocks. That is when you are most likely to find good stocks at a bargain price. If the stock scores well, the share price will most likely in time exceed its previous high. Dividend stocks are usually the first to rebound because they are the safest place to move your money during a distressful times. Miss Innocence asked an interesting question. Since companies own all their shares, would it hurt the company if the stock price declines? Companies do not own all the shares. Individual shareholders own the shares. There can be millions of shareholders owning a public company. The shares exist because the founding directors of the company sold pieces of the company's shares to investors. Their motivation is often to raise money for corporate growth and expansion or to reward the founders for establishing the company. The investors buy the shares because they expect the shares will increase in value and reward them with a capital gain. While it is possible for one company to sell its shares directly to a few investors, it is much more efficient to create a marketplace that is a stock exchange where thousands of companies with shares to sell can interact with millions of investors interested in buying shares. There are a limited number of shares in any one company available to buyers. What sets the price of a share is the law of supply and demand is illustrated in the following story. A farmer has advertised that he is bringing the most delicious, juicy, sweet oranges to the market tomorrow. Lovers of oranges and others 
eagerly await their arrival. The farmer arrives at the market and before 10 o'clock and quickly sells every orange at $1 an orange. His price was deemed reasonable to the buyers. He returns to his farm, a happy man, and invests the money in buying more acreage to grow even more oranges. Many who wanted to buy his oranges could not buy them because they were all sold by the time they arrived at the market. That afternoon, a rumor circulates that a frost has wiped out the orange crop. It will be months before local oranges are again available. The next day, those who would really like one of those delicious local oranges to eat go to the market and post a notice on the community bulletin board that they will pay $1.50 for one of those oranges. They hope that this will entice someone who bought the oranges at $1 to sell them an orange and earn a 50 cent profit. Some orange lovers got there ahead of them. They posted notices that they will pay $1.75 for an orange. If orange lovers do not beat their $1.75 price, they will not be getting an orange. Those who were willing to pay $1.50 now cross out the $1.50 and write in $2. They check all the other notices. No one is higher. They've set a new market price at $2. Some of those who bought oranges yesterday were not lovers of juicy, sweet local oranges. They were just interested in making money. These speculators knew this farmer had a reputation for growing delicious oranges. They purchased oranges with the anticipation that people the next day would pay them far more than $1 for the oranges. They gambled that they could make a profit reselling their oranges. The next day, those speculators were checking the market's bulletin board to see if anyone had posted a notice saying they wanted to buy oranges and what price they would pay for them. It pleased the speculators when they saw the notices on the bulletin board confirming a demand for the oranges greater than a dollar that they had paid. Some speculators think the price would go even higher than $2 so they held on to their oranges. Other speculators are happy to sell their oranges at $2. They know that while oranges are perishable, importers could fly oranges in from other countries to meet the demand for less than $2. People are finicky. Tomorrow, they may prefer to buy bananas instead of oranges, especially if they think the sellers price their oranges too high. This analogy is my attempt to describe what goes on in a stock market. A stock exchange is a convenient communication vehicle that allows buyers and sellers of shares to trade with each other. No one wants to sell a share for less than what they paid for them. However, sometimes they sell not to make a profit, but to avoid a loss. They may see signs there may be a future decline in the share price. Every buyer thinks the sellers are wrong 
about the future price declining. Only time and fate will determine who is right about tomorrow's price. To complete a share sale, the buyer's bid price must meet the seller's asking price. A stock exchange brings together millions of buyers bidding for the shares of a few thousand companies. Buyers and sellers can instantly see stock price increases and decreases on the stock exchange electronic bulletin board. The stock with little potential will receive few bids from the buyers. To encourage buyers, the sellers will keep dropping the price until a buyer sees the price as a bargain. Stock exchange prices are beyond the control of the companies listed on the stock exchange. They are also beyond the control of those selling and buying shares. It is the invisible hand of the marketplace that is setting prices. Millions of individuals are making independent decisions to buy and sell. Keeping a stock exchange independent and beyond manipulation is difficult. Laws exist to prevent interference in the marketplace as much as it is possible. The major shareholders who sit on a public company's board of directors control the future of that company. These directors approve the hiring of the chief executive, who in turn hires other executives to operate the company. They are tasked by the directors with doing everything they can to increase the company's share price. An increase in the company's share price increases the wealth of all shareholders. The chief executive of a public company wants to suppress all adverse information about the company because it may cause a drop in the company's share price. Employees are restricted from speaking to the media. They are also isolated from the board of directors. The fear is they might inadvertently or intentionally reveal information that could threaten the CEO's job. To the best of his ability, the CEO controls any information that could negatively impact his relationship with the directors. Those directors have the power to fire a CEO if the share price drops to what they see as an intolerable level. Being an executive in a large public corporation is like being forced across a minefield, fearing the next step will trigger an explosion. To make sure the executives of the company are working in the best interest of the major shareholders, the board of directors grant the senior employees stock options. This is an annual bonus system that can put tens of thousands of dollars into the pockets of those who are running the corporation. But only if the stock price increases. Stock options motivate the company's executives to keep the share prices up. They can do this by manipulating the company's expenses and revenues. For example, not paying living wages to the employees, taking money from profits to buy shares in the company to inflate the share price. 
asking suppliers to hold large invoices until the next fiscal year to make the current year's profits look better. Booking sales into the current year to inflate sales and profits, but not delivering or incurring the expense of these sales until the next fiscal year. Selling off property to increase the company's revenue and then leasing it back at an exorbitant rate, and so on. The chief financial officer in a major public corporation is paid a large salary to make the corporation look wonderful. The corporation's annual financial statements that they prepare are expected to be impressive documents meant to bedazzle investment analysts, bankers and their directors, their existing and potential stockholders. The law requires the company to send shareholders these annual financial statements and to invite you as a shareholder to your company's annual meeting. The directors would prefer that no one attend. And often only a handful of people out of thousands of shareholders attend the meetings. Next week, we'll continue with Chapter 9. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com.